What you do there, Mike? Oh, just uh, filling out our post-blackout census form for the studio here. Ah, thanks, Mike. I really appreciate you taking that on for us. Yeah, HR has not woken up, and legal has just been so agitated lately, I figured uh, just be best to get it out of the way. Yeah, I got mine filled out yesterday. Pretty easy stuff now that it's just me. Yeah. Uh, so this is weird. Did you know Intern Todd's legal first name is actually Intern? Really? Yeah, it says it right here in his paperwork. Oh, wow. Wait, what's this under? It's under the role of producer. Yeah, must be some sort of typo. Oh, it's it's awake, Mike. Red light time. Oh, no, back to it. <clears throat> Good morning, Tritown. I'm Michael Tarr. And I'm Dale Dallas. And, and this, this is Everything, Everything Matters. Good morning, Tritown. Glad to be back in the sound waves wafting over your beautiful ear holes. I hope you're staying inside, staying safe, and staying sane. Pour yourself a cup of joe and gather around for today's Everything Matters. It's time for the Tritown Bulletin Board, brought to you by Cox Energy. The Tritown Healthy Citizens Commission issues this reminder. Time marches on. The vastness of the cosmos continues to close in on each and every one of us. But with a focus on daily exercise and a disciplined diet, you will die healthier. I plan on dying as healthy as possible, Mike. In a recent five to nine vote, the Tritown City Council has converted a local tranquil park into a sprawling trampoline wonderland. Residents were left jumping for joy, literally, when the news broke. Councilman Montgomery defended the decision, saying, With the fall upon us, we just wanted to put a spring in everyone's step and elevate our city's reputation. Visitors can now be seen soaring through the air, performing gravity-defying flips, and occasionally landing in the neighboring zip codes. Critics argue that the move has destroyed a beloved local park, but residents seem to have embraced the bouncy revolution with arms open and spring-loaded legs. Can't help but wonder if the uh, gravity-adjusting scientists lobbied for this at all. You might be onto something, Mike. The site of the old Pine Bridge power plant is going to see some new use. Tritown City Council announces a grant to promote further redevelopment of the previously closed-off piece of land. Franchisee Kevin Matherson had this to say, I can't wait to get in there and start excavating all that nasty concrete they poured over this beautiful location. You're looking at the absolute perfect site for Tritown's brand new Dollar General. Isn't there already a Dollar General, like, right on the other side of that black bike? I believe there is, Dale. Should you bet on the Tumbleweed in the Ultramax Bowl? The world of sports betting has been sent into a whirlwind by a tumbleweed named Tumblethor. This peculiar tumbleweed has managed to achieve the impossible, predicting the Ultramax Bull winner correctly a whopping 12 out of 14 times in a row. Tumblethor has become a celebrity in his own right, attracting throngs of curious onlookers and bookmakers seeking his sagebrush advice. Whether it's clairvoyance or a gust of luck, Tumblethor's track record is nothing short of legendary, leaving sports analysts scratching their heads. As the next Ultramax Bowl approaches, all eyes are on this wandering soothsayer. He 
eagerly awaiting his prediction and potentially making it the most sought-after tumbleweed in the history of sports betting. Well, if I wasn't recovering from a crippling gambling addiction, I'd be right there with Tumble Thordale. Debate over the meaning of the acronym AI rages on in Tritown, surviving the blackout and immediately rekindling its controversial flame. Those who believe it means all in claim that the other side is trying to denigrate the value of hard work and hustle. This week's development, Bernie Bunsen switches sides and the new all-inner calls himself a sales AI, proclaims he is all in on sales. Opposition still holds to its meaning as American Idol, meant to denote an old world celebrity. What do you think AI stands for? Call 1-800-MATTERS and let us know. Before you even finish the story, Mike, people were already calling it. Such a hot issue, Dale. It's just a simple fact that ghost sightings have been down since before the last blackout. In an astonishing turn of events, the Tri-Town City Council has unveiled their latest creation, the Soul Shredder. City officials claim that the recent decline in ghost sightings is due to the implementation of this device. The contraption, resembling a cross between a vacuum cleaner and a disco ball, allegedly shreds wayward souls that dare to wander the streets of Tri-Town. Elcorp scientists who championed the invention proudly declared, We're cleaning up the streets of the afterlife, one spectral shred at a time. Paranormal experts, however, are skeptical and worry about the consequences of meddling with the spirit world. Only time will tell if this ghost-busting gadget is the city's salvation or the beginning of a supernatural showdown. Well, with a name like Soul Shredder, they must really mean business, Dale. This has been the Tri-Town Bulletin Board, brought to you by Cox Energy. Now hosting a monthly photo contest. Send in a picture of your cocks for a chance to win $10 off your next energy bill. Live from Tritown in front of a live studio audience, it's Census Day! That's right, Dale. On this special segment of Everything Matters, we'll be covering in-depth tips, tricks, and advice to a successful census. Post-blackout census paperwork. How to fully complete your census with minimal risk of audit. Checking on your neighbors. How to spot suspicious behavior and how to report it. That's right, Mike. A new neighbor is a suspicious neighbor. We cover five questions. This is Dr. Daniel Leeds reporting subject, name, colon, Elena Morgan, line break, Moonhaven Deep Sea Laboratory Worker, line break, resident of Moonhaven. <clears throat> For the purposes of transcription, I will be recording my notes on Elena's statement as verbatim as I received the information as possible. I will include some minor clarifications when needed. Elena Morgan and James Clifton are stationed in the deep sea laboratory off the coast of Moonhaven. They are not scientists, but have been given basic training in running instruments and recording findings so as to free Tritown's limited scientific resources for the less uh, mundane. The topic of the deep sea laboratory studies has been redacted per the Tritown Neighborhood Watch Statute 148R. 1N7H, and I do not believe hold relevance to the report. 
It should, however, be noted, this assignment is not one of chance, but rather one of the extremely limited forms of non-corporal punishment in Tritown, since the occurrence of the Great Toilet Tragedy of 27. And that is how Elena came to be stationed in the laboratory. Elena reports that she and James, her companion, were unaffected by the blackout. A previously unreported phenomenon, there are in fact no confirmed reports of individuals remaining awake during the blackout, and even looking for debunked reports, I was only able to find two. After laying very still in a safe, comfortable location for several hours, as is recommended, Elena, unable to sleep, rose and moved back around the laboratory. She checked her calendar and time to make sure that they had not gotten the incorrect day. Devices are the only way to track the passing of time that far underwater, but she was fairly certain it was time of the blackout. James also arose. They were, needless to say, very confused. They attempted to hail the Moonhaven Maritime Authority many times, but received no response. A day passed, the radio was silent, and James and Elena simply continued their laboratory duties. Uh, they were confused and reported being a little frightened, and Elena continually tried to hail the Moonhaven Maritime Authority, but saw no success in that endeavor. That night, Elena was unable to fall asleep at all. Finally becoming restless and fearful enough of these strange occurrences, she chose to check on James, who had separate sleeping quarters. James was also unable to sleep. They claim that night between 3 and 4 a.m. to have made their final attempt to hail the Moonhaven Maritime Authority before finally accepting they were alone and making no further attempts. They were unsure, as we all are, how long the blackout would be. Not a problem to be considered or studied much, as during the blackout, there appears to be no linear progression of time whatsoever. Animals, birds, humans, creatures of all types of mutation are asleep as far as we can tell, and vegetation seems to be unaffected. Really, though, it calls to spotlight the ancient question of just how long the blackouts are. One can brew a pot of coffee, lay down, enjoy the blackout, get up and enjoy a hot cup of joe. We only know the time has passed by the collective feeling. We all know a long period of time has passed. Even newcomers, experimentally contained and not told about the blackout, independently report they have been asleep for years, even decades, when asked to estimate how long they've been asleep. With this in mind, they decided to begin rationing very early on, which was a wise decision, even bringing out years of stored freeze-dried anchovy ice cream that they had squirreled away when radioing for resupply. Water was no issue, as the bottom of the lab was a pool of fresh water where the supplies surfaced. The laboratory itself is deep below the Moonhaven coast, the largest source of fresh water known to Tritown. This is where the strangeness multiplies. Elena reports that her and James stopped being able to sleep altogether. Elena's explanations of the effects of sleep deprivation and the paranoia that ensued by far make up the longest part of the report. I will be filing paper documentation, but for the purposes of this transcription, I have truncated the effects and these are the highlights. After about five days, Elena reported auditory hallucinations, hearing the radio crackle on for instance, but getting to it and finding it dead. Hearing James singing in the bathroom and then seeing him come out of the kitchen things of that nature. Uh, Elena reports unsettling whispers. She describes them as too soft to hear, but too loud to ignore. After seven days, Elena's mood took a dramatic turn. Shouting matches with James, throwing objects, slamming doors, things of that nature. Elena reports that while she lashed out, James withdrew. 
quickly being brought to tears, at one point spending some time curled up on the floor of the lab, rocking and crying. After 11 days, visual hallucination and paranoia set in. Although that's not what Elena describes. Elena began to withdraw from James and spend time in the bathroom. Apparently, and this is a direct quote, speaking to herself in the mirror. As Elena explains this, I quickly realize she is not saying talking to herself, but quite literally speaking to another entity in the mirror that looks like her. At 15 days, Elena no longer interacts with James at all. They see each other briefly when retrieving items from their dwindling supplies, but they do not speak. James retreats to his quarters, Elena to hers. At 17 days, Elena describes her friend as the only reason she's able to stay sane. The conversations become unsettling and of course turn towards James. Elena's imaginary mirror companion suggests James is stealing their food. Then on day 18, Elena confronts James and they come to blows. Elena describes attacking James, attempting to push into his quarters and James in retaliation strikes her. Elena shoves James against the laboratory's walls in a way Elena describes as probably a little too hard and says she is sure James hit his head. Elena retreats from the situation and takes as much food as she can carry into her quarters and locks the door. Day 19, James begins beating on the door, trying to enter her quarters. He does not speak. Elena's mirror suggests he has gone mad and is trying to kill her, and it says that she must act in self-defense. Day 20, Elena reports that after a brief cessation of the banging on the door, James begins striking the door with something much heavier. Mir Elena assures Elena that James is going to kill her. And because she hid in her room, she now has no weapons and nothing to defend herself with. The mirror assures Elena she can help. She need only take her hand. When the door begins to break, Elena agrees. Somehow, and again, this is in Elena's own words, taking her own hand in the mirror and being pulled through. Elena describes being pulled through a tunnel of some sort, and flying or hurtling through it. She sees James in the distance who flies by her, and then she finds herself in a different bathroom. On the floor is James, his head split open, blood covering the floor. Uh, this is described in some detail, uh, and a fire ax next to him. She turns to look in the mirror and describes seeing herself in her original bathroom, as if looking through a pane of glass rather than a mirror, beating the other James to death holding him by the neck and slamming his head into the wall repeatedly until his skull caves. She says James is smiling through the whole ordeal. Even when his arms go dead, his eyes stay wide open and he seems to be experiencing genuine joy. Elena finds that she is no longer under the sea, but rather on a boat. She heads to the deck of the boat, describing a sudden realization of just how tired she is her body all at once demanding she pay the debt she had gathered. What comes next seems to be the peak of Elena's visual hallucinations. She describes the deck of the ship as not rocking whatsoever, the water over the side of the boat completely still. She describes throwing a bit of wood into it and the wood simply disappearing when it hits the water with no ripples whatsoever. She says there are boats around and often seem to be headed in her direction, but never getting any closer. She was not even sure if she wanted them to. There was a dead man in the bathroom below she had no way of explaining. The strangest thing she described was the sun and the moon. She claims it was as if the sun was rising and setting rapidly, flying through the sky above her, almost as if days were passing in just minutes. Eventually, she tried waving to the boats, throwing things, tried to work the radio, 
a sudden loneliness setting in. She finally found the button to the foghorn and claims to have held it down for as long as it would sound, but no one would come. Time passing from this point on becomes rather impossible for me to discern or Elena to describe. It seems Elena's nightmare continues on for several more days though. Elena describes a madness I cannot really fathom. The extreme stillness of the boat contrasted with the insanity of the sun and the moon chasing each other overhead. Elena has not eaten now and says she is hearing the whispers constantly. She wanted to check the mirror but could not bring herself to do so. Eventually, Elena gives up, creating a noose, tying a ship's anchor to her left leg. When she realized she had what she describes as a light at the end of the tunnel, she became filled with happiness for the first time since this whole ordeal. She overcame her exhaustion, her hunger, even silenced the whispers. She says she began laughing out loud. She tied the noose around her neck and pushed the anchor off the boat. She jumped at the last possible moment to avoid hitting her head or anything and the anchor drew her down. Just as the noose began to tighten, well, Elena woke up in the laboratory. No whispers, no hunger, no moodiness or paranoia or exhaustion. Her quarters were in fine order. James was even fine, although Elena says the next couple of days unsettled her. He was generally a quiet person, reserved, and after this experience, she said James had become happy, uh, even extroverted. I'm unable to write all of this off as a dream. One, there are multiple recorded attempts at a hail from the laboratory to the Moonhaven Maritime Authority. These occurred after the time when they would have shut down to prepare for the blackout. I am unable to write all of this off as a dream. One, there are multiple recorded attempts at a hail from the laboratory to the Moonhaven Maritime Authority after the time when they should have shut down to prepare for the blackout. This is odd. No one should have been awake. Secondarily, during their resupply, the lab supplies were indeed dangerously low. Of course, that doesn't prove anything, but it is notable as it's not happened before. Lastly, and perhaps the most strange, the ship in the Moonhaven Bay has eluded explanation thus far. While it is not dangerous and not even close to the most interesting thing in Tritown, it is still a curiosity. I will admit I have no explanation for that foghorn blowing for days. Around the time when Elena reports having woken up correlates almost exactly with the time the ship mysteriously vanished. I will continue meeting with and monitoring Elena and trying to find some time to meet with James. If I come across any additional findings... Oh, hi, Doc. Oh, uh, hello, Dale. Just one moment. Oh, crap, Doc. Uh, wh what are you doing there? I'm sorry, what do you mean? Uh, this is our tape for this week's census segment. Mike's going to be so pissed. This is my tape. It says Dr. Daniel Leeds right on it. That is the smallest writing I have ever seen. Nonetheless, it is still my tape. Wait a second, Dale. You haven't been taping over my other dictation, have you? This has been another episode of Everything Matters. This is your friendly final reminder that your census filing is due by the end of this week. That's right, Mike. Don't wait until the last minute. What if something happens and you don't get your census paperwork filed? 
That would not be good, Dale. And now a word from the beautiful folks of Tritown. We've got your feedback right here. Remember, lines are open. And if you use this uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever, we'll read your feedback right here on the show. Maggie Bo has this to say, casting its hellish glow, turns the land into a fevered dreamscape, painted in hues of blood and gold. Just like Mama used to say, sounds like Maggie is a fan of Jeb Marshall there, Dale. Yeah, that Jeb Marshall sure has a way with words. Uh, this one comes from Sarboth. They have a question for us, Mike. I'm trying to figure out my mere dilemma. They seem to have been misplaced. Almost like they grew legs and walked away. Is mere sentience a possibility? I always look to you guys for advice. Until the next time, Sarboth of Tritown. Well, you know what I always say, Dale? Everything's a possibility. Spaztastic has this to say. Hi, longtime listener, first time caller. I need to ask you, what happens if your mirror safety fails and you start seeing shadows? Does mirror safety help with these? Thank you so much for any advice you can give me. Looks like we're gonna have to get the doc back on the show here, Dale. Yeah, I mean, what what are you supposed to do exactly again? I, I feel like I could use a refresher on my mirror safety tips. Well, this one's from BJ Folger. More perfect newscasting from Mike and Dale. The only downside is the all-consuming silence between each episode. Yeah, I know how you feel. That's it for this week, Tritown. Thank you. Keep those comments coming in. This has been another broadcast of Everything Matters. We'll see you next week, and remember... It's all real, it all matters, and it never ends. Now a word from Intern Todd. Thanks for listening to Everything Matters. This is Intern Todd. Everything Matters is a part of the Homebrew Network. If you're listening from the 21st century, you could really help us grow by leaving us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The algorithm god hungers greatly, and sating him can be a full-time job. (laughs) So, leave us a review on Spotify and Apple. If you leave a review as a resident of Tritown without breaking the fourth wall, uh, Dale and Mike might read your review on the show. Uh, Just make sure you don't, uh, you know give anything away that you're from the 21st century or that could really, you know, break Mike and Dale's minds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, links are at everythingmatterspod.com. If you're listening from the 22nd and 24th century, y- you can review us on MuskNet in exchange for one kudo. 25th to 29th century, please get off the internet immediately. Using the internet poses a public safety hazard. All other centuries, call 1-800-MATTERS. If it is safe to do so. Again, that's everythingmatterspod.com. <laughs>